just want to put a warning in on this podcast. We talk about death and we also bring into relation, we talk about experiences of death to babies and newborns. So if you have had any of these experiences or this feels like it's going to be close to home for you, please listen with some caution and look after yourselves, love up on yourself. And if you need some extra support, we will put some links in the show notes if you require anything further. Good morning. Hello. Welcome to Bear It All podcast with my mum, Tracy Meacham, and myself, Zoe Meacham. Welcome back for another week. This week, we're really wanting to dive into talking about a topic that can be seen as possibly a little bit morbid and maybe a topic that people don't normally generally talk about. However, it's another elephant in the room. And I think this is actually such a beautiful and sacred topic when we, when we go there and when we dive into it and have the hard conversations. So we're going to talk about death and the sacredness of dying and people leaving their bodies and mum and I have both had our own experiences with this in our careers so just wanting to shine a light maybe make it a little bit different for bring a different light to it for you and how you can move forward with this and not going to say some acceptance but if you see a different light a different way to to see this same topic, sometimes it can make it easier to move into or to explore. So if we're talking about the sacredness of death, I think it's such a beautiful, a really beautiful blessing to actually be there when someone's passing or just after they've passed or, yeah, I've had many experiences with little babies. Um, obviously being a midwife in the hospital system and then um, a very sacred time with a private client also. And so getting to know these babies when they're, when they're stillborn or when they're, you know, they've, they've passed and they're not in their bodies, their bodies are so still so sacred and the meaning of that body and how, you know, there's just so, I guess with babies as well, there's so many hopes and dreams with them included in them that they wanted to, you know, what their life, the parents' life was going to be like, grandparents, all the family's life was going to be like with this little, little bub. So being there in that experience, there does have this, ah, this is not what's meant to happen. This is uncomfortable. You know, it's sometimes not comfortable in our bodies to sit with it and be with it. And that's really the hard part. And seeing people in such deep grief and such deep loss and, and longing for what, what potentially could have been. But there's also this really beautiful sacredness where this is the point where I've seen a lot of birth into life, like the journey of another soul. They're already in this world because they're inside their mums and their hearts beating and they're, they're present. However, coming into the world as their own identity and unity is really beautiful. Then the opposite end of the spectrum is to see them passing 
And the passing is so sacred also and how we can honour the the parents, the family around around this loved one, how we can honour the loved one in their in their body form as they've passed or as they're passing. I think that there's just so I just feel blessed. I actually feel blessed that these hands have been the one to care for those babies that have passed and the and the family that you know to be able to nurture that whole unity, that whole yeah, and I know, Mum, you've been a palliative care nurse in your time and you've been, yeah, you've been able to sit with families and so do you want to shine a light on how that was for you and your experiences? Because I just leeway into that. I remember being a student nurse, learning nursing, and I didn't realise that you had been a palliative nurse and I think I was going to an oncology ward, which is cancer ward, and I was freaking out, like, I don't want to go near that. I don't want to be, which is awful to say now, but just as a young, you know, really naive student, I want to be midwife and then I'm going to, you know, cancer ward. It was hard. Then hearing your experiences of being a palliative care nurse, wow, that sounded amazing. And I think that it's still, it still in a way calls me not to be a palliative care nurse, but being there at the end is still just, there's something in that that is so sacred and takes a, a certain type of person to be there and hold that space for that. So I'll let you, I'll let you lean into that and I, take over. I, to be honest, baby, I cannot go past your experience. I still have tears in my eyes and I still feel very emotional about what you just spoke about. <laughs> how you beautifully expressed how your hands have, you know, honoured and, and looked after these babies and, you know, touched and loved these parents. So for me, rushing past that, it does not feel good. And so I just want to sit with that and honour you a little bit more and, because I know when we have these conversations how much love and respect and honouring you actually bring to that space because of who you are. You know, it's not because you're a nurse. It's not because it's your job. It's because of the person that you are. And so I know that you've experienced a lot of death in midwifery and and I know it's not, it's, it's not for no reason. It's because you're meant to be there. It's, it's because you're meant to, you are the per, you are the chosen person because you're the right person for that situation. You're meant to be on that shift. You're meant to be working with those people. And yeah, it just says so much about you. So I don't want you to rush over that and, you know, push that on and move that on because you've got a beautiful gift in that, in that area. So, and I, and I understand why you'd want to be talking about this topic. So thank you. That's just beautiful. And, and I, I want to come back more to, you know, how honoring you are to, and, and, and your actual, you have this beautiful spiritual side to, to death and, honoring of that child and that baby and who they were going to be and and that this is 
and I'd love you to talk more about that, that, that this is their journey. Could you speak a little bit more to that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think with my journey as a midwife, and thank you for all of that, Mama. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I think as my journey as a midwife, there have been some situations that, you know, you just see, you see everybody doing everything. You see the mum doing absolutely everything, preparing herself, journeying, like listening to herself, listening to her body, listening to her baby. And you see, you know, the dad prepared, you see the midwives prepared, the doctors prepared, and there are still situations that come and you, it's almost like a freak accident. There's there's still freaky things out there that happen. And I think it just goes to show, it's just taught me that we can be so prepared. I guess this is analogy for life as well. We can be so prepared up to a point and then we just have to surrender and in birth, you know, the women are not the ones that choose when to go into labour. It's actually the babies. The babies choose when they're ready. So at that 40-week mark, 42-week mark, can feel like a lifetime because the women have no idea when it's all going to start. It's just a mystery and it's really hard to sit in the unknown for so long. But the babies know. So the babies are the ones that start the contractions. They're the ones that are ready. They're the ones that have so much knowledge and and just knowing, like they don't know in their minds because they're, you know, little innate beings, but they, their innate knowings haven't been dulled in them. So they're so primal still and they still know what's right and where, the, where they're meant to go and what's meant to happen and they just know it's incredible. So to see that, that some, you know, that death happens in, in birth or before birth. The situations that I've seen, the, there's no explanation for it really. There's no, there was no lead up to say, there was no warning. There was no, there was no, there was not a lot of, Hey, I'm not coping here. Hey, I'm not, something doesn't feel right. The mum wasn't given many signals for that, if any. So, those times I think has led me into thinking there's no, there's nothing else that we could have done. There's, you know, there's no one else that's dropped the ball on this one. The mum definitely hasn't. The parents haven't. There's no one else to blame. And it's not saying that the baby is, but we just need to take into consideration that there's this whole other soul here. There's this whole other being that's in this journey with us. And it's not actually about the midwives, the doctors, and it's not, and it's like halfway about the mum and dad, but it's also the other half of the way is about the baby's journey. So I think when we go, who knows why this has happened this way, then that's the, there is a whole nother being, there's a whole nother entity in this experience with us that we just don't know what they're, what they were going through. We don't know what their journey had to be in this world and I know some families that I've worked closely with that found that hard to hear and didn't still sit with that like they don't want to blame their baby and and you know there's so many levels of going through trying to understand it of course from their angle 
But personally for me, as a midwife, as being the, I guess I'm a bit of like a, a bystander, I feel almost like I'm a space holder in those moments, but also the bystander just witness this baby's journey and the parent's journey as well and cradle them all as much as I can. But in that experience from what I've seen is that, yeah, we have to honour that there's a whole, there's a whole other there's a there's the baby side of things too and we need to honor their journey and whatever that is and we can do as much as we can but then yeah it's like they've got their own contract for this life like we've all got our own contracts and so they've got their own contract in this life and yeah so some come out as warriors and you know I've got I've got a little baby soul and I know and I'm close with and he's a little warrior because he had so many things against him and just fought and fought and fought and fought and did, you know, so he's this little warrior comes out and still is much to his mum's <laughs> fear. Mm. But yeah, then there are some babies that, yeah, they just don't give you, they don't give anyone a chance to know or to do anything different or to make things right. And you just think, okay. Yeah, I think as a midwife, I've had to also find my own acceptance of this mm. and trying to understand it. And I'm also allowed to think differently to the parents, not saying that I'm right, not saying that they're right. No, I'm not, neither of us are right or wrong, but just for my own journey as a, as a woman, as a woman that hasn't had her own babies yet, as, you know, a woman trying to understand this thing called life and why do some souls come, babies come in and some babies don't. And seeing it at the forefront, as many of my beautiful friends and colleagues have as well, that's what's helped me with that acceptance. And that's what's helped me in more in the birth space kind of give respect and give light to this being. And, yeah, I feel so much more in touch with with them now when they're halfway between the two worlds. We call that in the birth space. It's like they're halfway between the, their two different worlds. So tuning in more to them and their and you know where they're at and how you know and I'm not perfect I'm not saying I'm the most tuned in person but yeah all day baby that's just beautiful I just love you know that real giving this baby a, a sexual you know identity and its own place in and I don't think I would or I don't think I would even think about you know them having their own contract, I think that's a really beautiful way to think about, you know, this baby coming into the world has has already got its own contract and it's already decided for them, you know, how long they, they're earth side for, you know. Yeah. That's, that I can see that that's really would be really helpful to the parents too, you know. It would be, it'd be quite comforting and to them, you know, in their grief and... Yeah, that you that you're able just to on that, I just was thinking I've done so many like personal growth things that have also asked us about our own birth journey and what was that like? And then to unpack that as the way that you come into this world is normally a good indication of who you're gonna be in the world. So if you're if you're a slow, long delivery, if you need help to get out at the end, you where do you where are you always looking for help? 
to execute things in your life and they it does definitely you can see these mirrorings you can see these oh that's why I keep doing the same patterns over and over again so I think even the way we enter this world into this world is a part of us and that's that's a part of our journey. That's not just something that we don't know about. I don't remember literally coming through. So, so that's not for me to know. It still is because that's, that, that was my journey. That still is my journey. So that was a part of my contract as a baby. So I have to honor that. Yeah. There are other babies that have other contracts as well, just to, yeah, bring light into that as well. Yeah. I, yeah, I certainly get that. And, yeah, it's interesting when you, when you can gather the information. Like I know you have been questioning me of late of what your birth was like. And so yeah, that you were going to delve a little bit more into it at your women's retreat that you've just done. So, mm-hmm. but that's for another day. So yeah, <laughs> go down the other end <laughs> into yeah. the, yeah. So, so for my experience, it, it was, couple of years that once I once I graduated I went and worked at Peter McCallum Hospital which is a cancer institute in in Melbourne so I was a visiting I was going to say midwife then I was a visiting nurse to to cancer patients in a particular area so I'd I'd get my patients for the day and I'd chop off in my car and I was looking after patients at their homes which was a very rewarding and just such a privileged position to be invited into people's homes and to be able to work with the families and support the families and as well as the cancer patient themselves so yeah that's Mike's and also patients being able to to die at home which for, for some patients for some families wasn't wasn't their wish but it was actually the dying Mm-hmm. patients wish to stay at home and, and die at home. So it was supporting families in that. So, yes, I, I too have had some beautiful experiences of, you know, patients being able to set it up and, and have it how they wished it to be, but probably not as, not as, I think it was more that the wish was always for them to be pain-free, you know, to be comfortable. You know, that's certainly a word that's used in, you know, in that space is, you know, just as long as they're comfortable and they've got no pain, you know, that was the family's wish. But I think these days we, we, we can have, we're so much more open with conversations and probably so much better at asking the, the actual patient, you know, what, what's their wishes and what, mm. you know, whereas I don't think we did so much back then. But yeah, I know that, you know, that having those, those conversations, those hard conversations was, would probably be, you know, much more easier to have. And I think it's, we've certainly come a long way in that space. Yeah, I agree. I, I can so, I so get that it's normally not a conversation you have with either the dying or anyone, even like we haven't had the conversation, mum, which mm. maybe we should mm. about our wishes for each other. And that can change over time as I'm, as you're like getting 90 and a hundred, cause I'm not saying you're going to die tomorrow. Touch wood at all. Don't do that. And I think, I think it's, it's a really, 
it can be really hard conversation, but I think if I can see it as a very honoring conversation, because if you think, like, if I think about, if you sat with me and you're like, okay, sorry, how would you like to die? If, how would, where would you like to be? How do you want us to celebrate you after your passing? Do you want your body here? Do you want your body there? Do you want your body, you know, not just cremated or buried? Cause we've done that. We've all asked each other. I think when I was younger, I went through and checked everyone off. But like, how do you want to be honored? Do you want to have a celebration before your passing with everyone around you? Do you want to have a celebration after your passing with everyone around you? Do you want to be able to remember it? So as soon as you're getting sick, we have a big celebration. You know, there's so many different ways. Mm. And I think a lot of us feel like people need to stay in the hospital and that's the best place for them. Whereas it's, yeah, it's beautiful that you did the palliative care at home because that's most of the time exactly where the the dying want to be they want to be they want to be in their familiar they want to be down by a river they want to be they don't want to have to stay indoors because that's safe for them they're dying they don't care so I think it's the other people around them a lot of the time that think oh no you need to be there because we're preserving your life or we're you know we're doing everything we can and but they're when they've had that acceptance or when they look at their quality of what they want they can actually decide other ways and taking, you know, a, a dying body or somebody that their wishes out of the hospital. I think I've also had the belief over time that, oh, I don't think you're allowed to. I don't think you're allowed to just take them out of the hospital. But yes, we are. We <laughs> actually are. And that's for, which I didn't realize that's for babies too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the babies that have passed, you, you were allowed to take your baby home, which, you know, and you can buy like ice, the metal blocks that keep your baby cold or keep your, so that's something you need to think about is preserving the body while they're not in the hospital system or not home. I mean, yeah, not in the hospital system where they have that. So we, yeah, there are things to take into consideration, but it's doable and you don't just have to stay in that system. And, you know, especially with COVID and that, I don't know what the visiting Things are like at the moment, but you're only allowed to see, you know, your family once a day or, you know, there's only two people allowed to see your family once a day. It's, yeah, like you just think, well, does your, does that person who is dying only want to see one person once a day as they're dying? Like how lonely would that be? Or do they, you know, so having those conversations of do you want to die in the nursing home or would you like to come home with us? you know, in our space. And it's also taking into consideration the the family as well, if they feel comfortable or if it's going to be Mm -hmm. traumatic for them. So there's, yeah, but it's just having that, having that conversation. And obviously you can't prepare for a baby that you're not expecting to be unwell. So that's a different story. But a lot of the time the families are kind of discharged from hospital before they're ready to say goodbye to their baby. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, very, very hard and challenging situation. So knowing that there will be different options that, you know, getting a social worker involved or just knowing that nobody can tell you that you have to part with this baby or this body or this family member before you're ready if you're not ready. And there is a time, there will be a time and trust in this that you will feel okay, I'm ready to say goodbye. I've seen it many times with the beautiful parents that I've journeyed with 
where they're actually the ones saying, okay, we're ready. We're ready to part with your actual physical being. We've had all the memories. We've had all the cuddles. Photos. And, and the photos and the, you know, yeah, all the memories. So it's okay now. Yeah. So in winding up, I, I, I actually think that we play a big part because I think it's with, with support that you can, you can advocate for people and people are much happier to, you know, to, with support and with love and knowing that they've got someone else helping them and that they feel strong enough to make these decisions and strong enough to advocate for their family member and for their baby. So, yeah, it's an important role to, you know, to be there for these people and support them and love them. And thank you for today's beautiful handled topic as always. I know, I know it's something very close to you and, and I know that you always handle this conversation and these beautiful families with such dignity, respect and love. So thank you for today and Thank you, and to our beautiful listeners, thank you, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening today. We would love for you to share this episode with a friend or someone who you know needs to hear it. Till next week, stay open, stay curious, and show up for what's important. Lots of love.